Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast. Amongst a massive mess of emotions, with such a mixture of performances, and we're missing any melodrama in this transfer window. I'm joined by McGee and Punt to get at our recent up and down form. McGee, we travelled to Ellen Road on Wednesday night. Was it a good performance, bad result, bad result, bad performance, or something in between the two? Uh, I think it, it, something in between the two. I came away from the game feeling pretty chipper, partly because uh, I thought we were going to get uh, uh, have a bad time. I thought we were going to also have a bad time at the hands of Daniel Farker, which adds to the, the pain and, and grief. And also because um, we played badly and then they scored. And it felt like that was the, the floodgates opening. But I thought they, they steadied the ship. And um, there were some periods in the second half where... Uh, they were absolutely scintillating in this in in a similar way to some of the moves that we saw against West Brom at the weekend. So, you know, two games in a row really encouraging. At the same time, I think that we kind of felt as positive as we did out after the game because we only lost one nil to Daniel Fargas Leeds. So it's kind of the the relative um the relative emotions. Uh it definitely wasn't the performance of a team that is uh, locked in and marching into the playoffs. Uh, there's still lots of work to be done. And um, I think that uh, uh, this weekend is going to knock the the team back on its uh, on its confidence. So um, encouraging that we didn't get absolutely rinsed, but um, no more than that. Punt, you didn't agree that there was any scintillating passages of play based on the grimace that you pulled when that word was used. You, you thought it was, you know, awful and embarrass, embarrassment to the club, not fit to wear the shirt. Is that right? <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't go as far as that. And I pretty much wholesale agree with, with most things Matthew said there. The difficulty for me is it was, I wonder how much it was Leeds allowing us to do that. And then they exerted some control later on in the contest or whether it was us actually really asserting ourselves and looking good. Look, we had a lot of the ball, a hell of a lot of the ball. I can't remember the timings, but you're probably talking directly straight after half time, up until 65, 70 minutes, something like that, where um, Nunez was getting on the ball. We looked really fluid until we got anywhere near the final third. And then it just felt like it was Jack Stacey in a crossing position was probably the, the most likely outlet. And they did a really good job of either shutting him down or restricting the amount of bodies that, that we had available in the box to to do anything with. I think Leeds did really well at keeping us at arm's length and Leeds are a really good side. Like let's let's not dress this up. Leeds have many fantastic players. They have a fantastic coach. They're incredibly well drilled. Um so there was definitely lots of positives to take from that performance. And Daniel Farker came out post match and said that's the best team that have visited Ellen Road in the league this season. So you know that is a, a massive compliment and complete testament to the turnaround which look, none of us saw coming did we you know really let, let's be honest I'm sure we'll get into it it is complete testament to that turnaround but I just what I'm struggling with I think is is the word that we used after the West Brom performance which I'm sure we'll get into because we haven't really got together to talk about many football games for a while but it's the balance and I think against Leeds, we didn't quite have it. And I think against West Brom, it was definitely there in spades. Yeah, I mean, on the Leeds game, we had uh, 
chances. I mean, they we, they weren't as many numerous as we would I like. Mean, chance, I'd say. Well, no, I mean, I, I think there were some opportunities created, but there, when there was one particular chance that you know to, towards the end that Adam Eder had, that you, you just think that that should have got us a point. I mean, that that should have been finished. I thought that was that was um, you know. To me, that's the kind of chance that Adam Eder misses with regularity and is the knock on him that that he shook off with a fantastic finish away from home to win us the points, showing pace and power. And you go, oh, OK, so maybe he can score score some difficult goals and pop up when you... When you but the, the, the fluffing of his lines, and it might be that he doesn't play enough football. It might be because he, he knows in his heart of hearts he's third choice and he's a confidence player, which he said himself. But you know we we can't we can't have a striker on the bench or otherwise who has opportunities like that and doesn't score score the goal. If you, Do you think there's a really presentable chance though yes. to come back to that? Because I think it's he needs to make a really quick decision and then go with his left foot. But then I even think then on his left foot it's a relatively like it's not a massively high percentage chance. And it, it just really interested me with the mood of the fan base that Adam Eder got pelters for that. And yet Gabby Sarah seemed to get off scot-free for shanking one from five yards. I, well, I thought he should have, I thought he should have hit the target. I mean, yeah. But, 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 you know, that's, but that's what I was saying. We had opportunities in that game. Um, and I think that, you know, as a fan base, you do carry, and as, a, as humans, you carry your bias into all of your kind of views of what lens you're looking at things through. And, and, and I haven't seen Sarah, shank things from five yards in, in, in with the regularity that I've seen either miss chances that I have seen Norwich strikers score you know, and not, you know, haven't got to go back to Chris Sutton you know we've we've got we've got one now in Sargent who has come back in really fine form in terms of a couple of very very smooth finishes you know really accomplished to your point punt taking making early decisions yeah. committing to it and hitting it with the force that means okay you could say keeper should do slightly better on the one that kind of bobbled under him went in but the point was he went I'm going to play this low and I'm going to hit it really hard and, and it was that decisiveness that caused it to be a goal instead of yeah being safe tipped around the post for a corner or whatever um now it, it yeah he's completely fair to say that I think he is he's got a lot of the fan base to win round and unfortunately his his good performances and his good you know, where he has contributed to goals have been so few and far between. He hasn't had the he hasn't had maybe the opportunity in minutes, and certainly it hasn't happened in terms of statistically for him to chip in with you know five goals in a 10, 12 game period that makes you go, oh, okay, yeah, no, he can score, he can score with good frequency. Um, I, I thought we we had the, the big surprise for me was how much of the ball we we, we had because. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Daniel Fark used to be Norwich manager. Um, so we have actually seen him quite a lot. Um, and we've seen the way that his teams tend to set up when they're having a good season, which we can all agree Leeds are having. I don't ever remember us surrendering possession to another team, even that were kind of competing with us. And I, I don't believe that that would have been like a bend, don't break approach to giving us the ball. for the. I, I think they would have wanted to get on top and dictate the tempo in the second half. And I don't think they were in. I don't think they were in total control of whether or not we scored. I think we missed opportunities. They did a good job of stifling how many opportunities you maybe want us to have had from an XG point of view versus the possession we had. But your point about Nunez, I thought he he played almost the 
he played sort of the Kenny role, if you like, in terms of dropping dropping in between the two centre-backs, recycling the ball and keeping us going side to side. I thought he did that really, really well. And I thought it was one of his better performances of the season, maybe, again, because, you know, his his fans would argue because he was that's he was closer to the type of role that, that suits him. But no, I, I thought it was really heartening. And if you take it into, if you put, if you take it in context, because you know, we did talk about this run of games last time we, we chatted on the pod, if you take it in the context of three teams that are going to be either in the playoffs or only narrowly miss out come May, six points and pretty much three performances where, okay, to your point, Matthew, they're not, they don't look like they're, they're, they're shoe in for, for Wembley. But, you know, we didn't, we didn't crap the bed in any of the three. Before, you know, there were no 20 minute spells full of doom and gloom and moans. You know, there were no periods where we looked like we have a completely out of control and hanging on. Now, did the other teams have chances? Yes, because it's the championship. And you know, we rode our luck a little bit at 1-0 against West Brom. But you, you, the other team are allowed to try and score. You know, that, that's going to happen. This is one of the things about David Wagner that we were told when he came in that he was quite streaky, that he'd, he'd had you know runs of, of 10 wins in 12 and then 13 losses on a, in a row at, at one of his previous teams. But seeing it at Norwich is is just is just bizarre. The, the team that went on a on the long run of of just woe looked so fragile, so devoid of ideas, so anxious about even having the ball at their feet, and then without any kind of event or that bit of luck that got us a win and sort of broke the spell, just out of nowhere. The last three games, they've been back to the their old selves of, of how we were playing towards the beginning of the season. I don't think you can just put that down to injuries. I don't think that Josh Sargent on his own is is so magical and so brilliant that um, he's he's the thing that has, 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 has resolved this. I think it's just really, really bizarre. It's like watching two different teams. They've been so much more confident. They were confident with the ball against Leeds. Yes, they, they you know lacked that sort of... Uh, move that would unlock uh, the Leeds defence to create the really, really good chances. But they, they, it wasn't like they were scared to have the ball. Um, and uh, West Brom was was enjoyable. I can't remember the last time I really enjoyed watching Norwich. Uh, uh, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks. I've absolutely no idea. It's, it, Wagner is a very, very strange manager. Well, that was the point. I mean, I was talking to a, a colleague of mine over in the German uh, team, the firm I work for, um, huge football fan. And when he's been over, I've taken him to um, kind of London away games for, for Nodge. Um, and, you know, he, he was saying, are you looking forward to the big game of the weekend? I said, obviously not. And we'll come on to today's news as well. We're recording this on Friday. Um, but, you know, I, I was we were talking about, you know, his you know, Nuremberg, his team and their performances. And they got Hanover this weekend. And and I was talking about if you were to try and describe, you know, David Wagner's football or, or the current Norwich City team football, you know, well, well, we press really high. Uh, we also sit off um, and we, we do a lot of wing play, um, but we also really like to kind of thread balls through the middle intricately. Um, and we'll quite often recycle from the back and, you know, one of our centre midfields will drop in between the back two and receive the ball and play little passes. But then we'll also launch it long. You know, all, all of those things are true all at the same time. I mean, it must be it must be baffling, punt, to, to be a Norwich City player and to be like so. So we're basically we're doing all the tactics today. Then are we, Gaffer? Like we're we're playing the entire the entire book today. It's really 
really confusing though i mean from what both of you have just said to work out what david wagner's team is and what david wagner's norwich city has ever been and and you know i've seen people make comparisons to the dean smith era in terms of how it felt and the drudgery and you know the and and i think some of those are fair when it's really stodgy because what wagner has promised when he came in at this football club was you know high press exciting attacking football with players that are fitter than any other in the championship and you know they will be really well drilled and they'll know what the plan is and they'll be able to execute I don't think any of those things are true I don't think we're the fittest squad in the championship I don't think we have a a good plan I don't think we play with high intensity I don't think we play particularly exciting football so I think what he's done is and this is almost what Stuart Webber did when he kind of got to the Fucking hell, when are we going to have a podcast where I don't mention Stuart Webber? But like, it's it's almost like when Stuart Webber got to the Premier League, he almost kind of, again, you know, he crapped himself and, and kind of went, right, well, we need to do something different. And, and I think David Wagner has maybe had as so many, I don't necessarily want to call them failures, but I, I don't know how else to dress it up. But, you know, he's he's had so much underperformance as a head coach that he's had to regress to this, I don't know what it is. I genuinely just don't know what I'm watching sometimes. And it feels, and this is why I compare it to the Dean Smith era, it feels very much like often the results had happened in spite of the coaching and because of individuals rather than anything else. And it and it feels like maybe that corner has been turned a little bit. And I just don't know whether it's completely down to Wagner or whether it's down to, you know, we'd heard that the been some kind of meeting between the players and the coaching staff which was meant to arrest the kind of defensive slide that that was happening um but it feels like last few games we've been way more balanced as a team and yeah still don't know really what we are but it feels a little bit more long term and it, it kind of it got me thinking the other day right so the noises that we've heard are and not many people here, and whether they're true or not, you know, nobody really knows. But the noises are, well, Ben Napper's kind of got someone in mind and that might be in the summer and he can't get them out, you know, him or her right now. And, you know, actually, you know, this is all a bit temporary. And it does feel a bit temporary. You know, I think everyone is on that page that it feels massively temporary. But what about if David Wagner suddenly stumbles upon a formula where we do look like a balanced football team? Like, what what actually happens then? What about if we do scrape into fifth or sixth and then we miss out in the playoffs and we're a championship side again like where where do we go next and there's so many voids to fill at the moment and I think you know there's a vacuum and we need someone to fill that and it feels like it's been Napa post-transfer window telling us actually what the plan is um so it's interesting that watching you know both of your faces one of you shook your head and one of you nodded so I don't, I don't see like <laughs> But I don't understand why. I don't understand Ben Napper. I I don't understand. I don't. I don't. But get we haven't it. heard from him, so it's really That's easy it. not to understand him. I, I, it just seems. It seems. It seems bonkers. Um, he because he's not playing the. He's not playing the. I'll be. I'll be present and visible just after a win card, or, um, you know, I'll, I'll time this conversation. You know, with the with the media right so that it's just after something positive has, has occurred or um, in the lead up to a game where we really need to galvanise a fan base. He's not doing any, he's not hitting any of those notes. Um, 
we've had that one interview where it was stock stock answers, right? At the start. Mm-hmm. And then since then, nothing. Like, how long is this audit taking? I mean, is he checking, like, is he doing like pat testing on all the plug sockets and monitors, like in <laughs> car road offices? Like, what's he doing here? Like, it's, I really don't, um, I've now got a vision of him going around doing pat testing on everyone's machine. But, like, like I don't. He does look a little bit like an electrician, though. I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I don't get the point of him. Like, he's, he's not. Come on, you get the point of him. You get the point of the role. I get the point. Well, no, but this is it. Compared to the previous incarnation, he seems so different. He's so quiet, and he's, you know, there's a pic. There was a picture of him at the, the, the recent game, looking cross, and um, talking to an unknown person. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Great caption. Good. Good work, sub editor. But like, what is the, <laughs> you know, if he's not going to say anything, if he's not going to contribute, we haven't signed anyone. Let's let's get on to that. Do you think, though, to your point, then, oh, he's got um, someone in mind. Is he? Is that why we're not making an effort to strengthen the squad because he doesn't want to get any more Wagner players in because he thinks he's going to have to get a boatload of people in for the new guy? I mean, it'd be awkward, wouldn't it, if we start signing players that aren't for David Wagner? I don't know, but I don't know. Then it comes back to the principle of, you know, something that the football club were keen to impress upon fans, you know, not so long ago was that head coaches would be interchangeable and actually the sporting director would lead the direction of the football club and that yeah, would sign learned, players. Yeah, we've learned yeah, 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 but, right. well, that couldn't be less true. But, couldn't be less well, true. It couldn't be less true with this particular head coach, but the principle in my mind is actually quite sound. Good footballers are good footballers and if you're playing football in a certain way, look, you know, players are adaptable and can and can change and I think the ship, the ship sailed on that when they appointed Dean Smith after sacking Daniel Farber. But it's I mean, not to say that we can't. It? But we can't. Co- it's not to say that we can't course correct under you know new leadership. Uh, well, we we could, and and what I'd want to know is, uh, do, do they want to? Uh, this is the thing. Like you know, remember when we talked about Dean Smith uh, having such a bad relationship with the fans, and people would say, well, it's not his job to be. In, he's not in charge of comms, but actually. I think uh, in football leadership, and especially at a club like Norwich with our fans, that is part of leadership. Yeah, Norwich fans, I think, more than a lot of other clubs, are patient and they are understanding if they understand what is being attempted. I think people would be giving Ben Napper a lot more um, leeway if we had some sort of sense of what he was attempting to do. Now, it's not it's not in his job description to reassure us and communicate with us and to uh, try and reduce the number of whingers below 20%. But it actually does help him do his job. It's not in his job description, but it is an important part of football leadership nowadays. And the fact that we've had literally nothing from him at all, I think is quite damaging. And I think that hurts uh, the team because it, it means that fans are less willing to be vocal and supportive and patient. Um, because we just don't know where they're going. The idea that we think that we might not be bringing in players to strengthen the team because Wagner might not be being sacked, but he, he might be staying till the end of the season is is just is nuts. We need to hear from Ben Napper and understand what the plan is, even if the plan doesn't mean that we're going to be brilliant for the rest of this year and smash the playoffs and, and, and go on. Even, he still needs even, to talk to us. Even if all he's doing is listing off all the keyboards that failed the pat test, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he's. I think he's been spending time on the. Keyboards, is it, it's the it's the veg patch that's taking his time. Yeah, well, this is it. Well, I mean, he's busy time of year getting the bulbs in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really. They're not veg. 
you probably could eat him. I don't I, I don't really <laughs> feel an affinity with the bloke. Like he's got such an enormous role at my football club. You know, it's, it's in theory he's the top football guy at the thing I spend more monthly than almost anything else. Like it's very close behind my mortgage how much it costs my two season tickets in the South Stand, right? You know, it is painfully expensive to go and watch football. Felt slightly let to your point, Matthew, about enjoying West Brom. Um that is the least that's the first time for ages I haven't walked away from Carrow Road with my lad really conscious that I've just dropped 50 odd quid on on that afternoon. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the first time I haven't gone. We've both paid 26 pounds to watch that um, because it's been such a waste of an hour and a half to two hours of our time sitting in the cold. Whereas actually you, you thought, well, you know, you got me on the edge of the seat. Road did some great stuff. Sarah did some great stuff. Kenny did some great stuff. You know, everyone other than Gibson at the back looked competent. You know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was, it was excellent all round. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And we're getting towards season ticket time. There's a lot of conversations um, between fans around. You know, are you going to renew? Are you going? I mean, say there's some, some lads. Or I say lads, gentlemen around me who have been going for a very long time. And I really do think, even during West Brom half-time, when it had been decent in the first half, they're saying, I don't know, might might need to move to a cheaper bit of the ground, you know, might might give up because it's relatively easy to get a casual ticket. You know, if, if we're going to be in the championship for another season, unless we are in the top two or three, you can you can usually pick, if you don't mind, if you, especially if you don't mind where you sit, you can basically pick up a ticket practically every game so why commit to the to the week in week out or the every couple of weeks whatever you know p- payment when everything's so expensive it's that's that with with that in mind this is why i'm expecting to hear from napa i'm expecting to hear why should i be signing myself up for another big outlay financially when actually i could i can follow it on a stream pretty easily um, it's you know the boring games are just as boring on a stream stream as they are in real life. The the atmosphere was better at West Brom. Brilliant to have the drum back, um, but you know it, it was better in the most part because we were off the back of beating a playoff hopeful, and we started the game positively. It makes a huge difference. I mean, surely pun the comms. You know, you know, G was saying you know, it isn't it's the manager's job to a degree. Wagner is liked loathed loved in various degrees feels like the fan base is really split on him um but napa no one cares about because he hasn't said anything surely we're going to get something from the club between now and season ticket time i think i think just to go back to to wagner i think most people are actually quite united on him in so much as they really like him as a a human yeah but actually they everyone's kind of like nah he's he's not going to be for us longer term but I think the the point around season ticket renewals is is absolutely pertinent because look I don't I don't renew my season ticket because I expect Norwich City to be in the top two or the top six of the championship. I renew my season ticket and have done so for however many years, thirty odd, because this is a a community football club that you feel part of, that you feel together when you're there, and when it's really brilliant at Norwich, regardless of whether we're top of the league or you know middle of the championship or wherever you feel part of something and I've increasingly felt less of a part of that over the last 
18 months to two years. And I think some of that is the way in which the football club has communicated with its supporters. And that doesn't have to be Ben Napper. That doesn't have to be Zoe Weber. That doesn't have to be any of the exec committee. It can it can be how the football club does things on social media. It can be how the football club engages with supporters in different ways. Uh, you know, I wouldn't pin this on, on Ben Napper. Ben Napper has been thrust into a position where Stuart Weber was an excellent communicator in, you know, in many forms. He was also a really poor communicator in some forms as well and and chose really bad turns of phrases that, you know, will forever haunt his his um career at Norwich. But actually he was effective at getting messages across and he was present. Um and I like like no other sporting director across probably most of Europe, I would have thought, you know, he, he was, he made himself available. He understood how important that was. So I'm not expecting Ben Napper to be the next Stuart Weber in that regard. But what I am expecting is that he should get a clear steer from people within the football club who know how to do comms, if they know how to do comms effectively, you know, and, and we they appointed professionals to do that, to tell him that actually he needs to communicate with supporters we are, as I understand it, we are still paying a consultant to do PR for the football club. Um, you know who was who came in under when Stuart Weber was there. He should be telling Ben Napper that he needs to get out in front of this. So I don't blame Napper. I blame the people that maybe are advising him. And it is really important now that we don't not necessarily hear from Ben Napper, but we hear from people at the club about what the vision is. That can be Delia and Michael, that can be Mark Atanasio, that can be Zoe Weber, that can be Neil Adams as technical director, Ben Napper, a little bit of everything. But there is definitely a void right now. And and if they want people to start renewing season tickets, it won't be based on results alone. I can tell you that people, you know, regardless of the results over the last three or four games, the the disconnection that people have felt is very real and it isn't going to be a few positive results that, that will rectify that. It needs to to start with a more conciliatory tone, I think, before before people will get back on board with things. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, you talk about the, the kind of comms and stuff coming out of the club. It, it has felt to me that there has actually been less um, in quantity like there doesn't seem to have been as many kind of behind the scenes videos, clips of, you know, I know that they have kind of the match day, um, whatever it's called city view or whatever it's called. Um, but you know, I, I just think, think that going back, you know, even during Dean Smith's time, um, and just, you know, when you just said Matthew, do you remember when we used to sit here and talk about Dean Smith? I had forgotten that that was a thing that I, we, we used to have to look at each other on the internet and talk about that man. Heavens above. That was dark. But the, do, um, do you, like, do you agree? Like, is it just me? Is it my algorithms? Like, not not thinking that I want to watch Norwich content. I just, I feel like in in the last few years, the social team and the you know, there seems to have been a lot more stuff around kind of the club from Colney and for, you know, Q and As with players and you know, little quizzes and little bit, bits for social and stuff that just sort of made you think about Norwich in between games and thought about them as humans a bit more. Whereas it, it, it really seems to be press conference game highlights. That's your lot at the moment. Yeah. The, the vibes have definitely changed in the last um, couple of years. And I, I think that's partly results, partly the, um, the, 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 the developing abrasiveness between particularly Stuart Weber, but others in the club and the fan base. I think that, uh, 
uh, obviously Dean Smith was a catastrophe on the field and off the field for the for the club. I was thinking at the weekend how, in many ways, the last time I've been completely unambiguously totally joyful about being an Norwich fan was walking away from uh, the FA Cup game where we beat Spurs on penalties. You know, after that we had uh, lockdown. We didn't get to see the the, the winning the championship uh, again. When we all got back in, we were getting stuffed out of the Premier League. Farker got sacked. Dean Smith came in. It, it really hasn't been this, quite the same since. That's manifesting itself in just f- fewer joyful moments. Um, but I, I also wonder whether the, the quite high level of turnover that they've had at, at the staff level at the club, you know, it, there was that period where there was almost a, a week didn't go by where there'd be a, a, a LinkedIn announcement of someone leaving and getting a new job and and so on and. I wonder if they've just got they've they've lost some of that cohesion and and some of that kind of uh, plan internally, but it, it doesn't help. All of it doesn't help. Obviously, results are the number one, but that glue that uh, 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 cemented fans and the club and made being an Norwich fan that little bit fun is definitely definitely gone. Okay, well, let's speaking of um, having no fun, let's talk about two thirty on on uh, Sunday. Um, so Mr Klopp uh, has run out of energy so he can't be Liverpool manager um, after this season so he's going to walk out after the double that, that, that they're going to win um, which double we, we, you know, we, we'll see is, is it going to be the, you know, the, the two cups as in the two domestic cups I think that's probably most likely so um, they're, they're four to one to win the whole thing we're 16 to one just to win the game on Sunday, um, so with that in mind, I think it's probably likely that we, that we lose. What do you think we'll do, team selection wise? Punt. I mean, I think Maffey hit the nail on the head. This could easily be. I mean, along come Norwich in terms of uh, yet again. There's a big piece of manager news that galvanises the fan base before Norwich rock up. I remember um, a Ryan Giggs led Man United team scoring four could have had thirty um, when when we turned up just in time for that game. So you know a big a big kind of swell of love and feeling and gratitude from from Anfield to to Klopp on Sunday. Um, do you basically just play a B team, except that you're going to get um, annihilated and hope that it doesn't knock the confidence of your first team players? No, I I kind of think we have to have a, a semblance of consistency to this, and I, I guess he will use it as an exercise to put fitness into some players. I don't know Grant Hanley's actual current state i haven't listened to any press conferences recently but is he anywhere near fitness will he get minutes you probably look at someone like lungi maybe getting some minutes but aside from that actually we've started to settle on a lineup which feels like it it might be somewhere near our best um once you know everyone is fit why why change that too much you know i I don't think we should bother we're not going to have a game until the following saturday so it's not like you know it's there's a midweek and and we need to recover just go for it you know it's this is a liverpool that's not going to have mo salah in the team probably isn't going to have trent there i think annie robertson's only just come back from injury they've got a couple of others out or who are at least struggling or maybe just about to return from injury like I don't know. Maybe if if Klopp does rotate as as Wagner has implored him to do, this might be one of those times where we could actually beat Liverpool. And and as Matthew and I were discussing before we started recording, it has been quite some time since we have actually beaten Liverpool. And I think Matthew maybe has some excellent statistics around all of that. 
Go on, McGee. Well, I did do some, I did do some uh, 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 flicking through the stat books um, during the period where you are traditionally late to, to log on. Um, and we last beat Liverpool 30 years ago. And in, in the 18 games we've played them since, we've won obviously zero, but we've lost 16 of those 18. Mm. We've only drawn twice in 30 years. Um, what I'm hearing there is consistency. <laughs> we are we are absolutely <laughs> consistent, um, but it does add, it does add to the kind of a long come Norwich vibes. Um, uh, <laughs> that's what I, I'm going. So that's what I'm going to keep telling myself that it's not purely a sense of dreaded duty yeah. that is pushing me to go to this game, but also, you know, I'd say we've got a one in a hundred chance of winning the game uh, rather than a one in sixteen chance. So those odds are pretty good. Um, but obviously, it would be very, very special. The last time we beat Liverpool was on the last day of the COP. And the entire yeah, day was was wholly built around the the, you know, the sort of cringy magic of Liverpool. Aren't they amazing? All these people that stand on the COP, aren't they wonderful? What a bunch of great scousers they are. And we beat them <laughs> and, uh, and, and ruined their day. And uh, last time we beat them was the last day of the COP. Maybe we'll beat them on the last day of the CLOP. Hey, oh, nice, but it's not go. technically his last day. But I see what you did. It's not his last um, day. Yeah, no. it's worth, worth, worth it for the but time. That, uh, yeah, that cuts across the line. So I, yeah, no, I hope why, you're why let fact get in the way of a good pun. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really glad that I've done Anfield because it means I never have to do it again. It's, it's, I experienced something ex- extremely unwelcoming, unpleasant fans outside Anfield uh, from from the home support, and and yeah, I, that, I've done that. Don't have to go again. Brilliant. Um, unless unless the universe sort of freezes over and they become a bad team and we become a good team, only then would I consider going back there again. It's, it's also just too far. It's very far if you've already been. Um, yeah, I, on on the the kind of history punt. Can you come on? Give us a bit of uh, give get on your soapbox and and give us some tub topping. Tell us why. Why can McGee travel all that way in expectation? Why is it going to be different this time? Really? You're actually asking me to find some reasons why we might win this football match. Um, no, I've I've genuinely like got nothing. Like, look, this is an excellent Liverpool squad with an excellent coach um, with some He's absolutely tired, fabulous players. Tired. He is quite tired, yeah. But you know, look, being head coach of. Liverpool Football Club for however long it is. Is it nine seasons? Something like that. Um, Feels like 90. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not a fan of Mr. Klopp. but um, he's He's steeped himself in that city. He's got what it is to be a scouser. He understands that football club. And I think, you know, being coach of that football club is all-consuming and would take it out of anyone. So the fact that he stuck it for that long um, is incredible, but genuinely incredible. Um, and I think probably won't happen again for for a fair amount of time. And I think Liverpool will be all the poorer for it. Do you think on that point? Do you think that is what they are? Do you, you know? Do you think that's where all the sadness from Liverpool fans today is? Do you think it is that yeah. they they've seen what kind of vacuum can open up after 100%. a rapper, after a clock? You know, after the, after they had someone good, there is a period of yeah. You know, they've seen it's, what's happened at United. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still it's, looking. Yeah. Arsenal after, likewise yeah. had to wait a long time till Arteta. It will be the David Moyes again. effect all all over again, won't it? You know, kind of, an, yeah. and actually, United are still struggling and and will probably go on stumbling because their their football club is horrendously managed. But Klopp, 
very much like Daniel Farker did here, you know, actually got very quickly what it was to live in that city, you know, even just stupid little references about, you know, kind of purple wheelie bins, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. yeah. throwing those out in press yeah, conferences yeah. because that's completely synonymous with, with Liverpool. But it just goes so far with supporters and, you know, bringing that full circle, David Wagner was really good at that, you know, when he first joined this football club and did a lot of things right, you know, kind of actually turning up to a community event, turning up to, you know, women's games, you know, kind of where he was gracious enough to have loads of photos with with loads of supporters, just interacting with people like City Elite when, you know, when they just started off the drumming, like, you know, he obviously learned, well, maybe he hadn't learned it from Klopp, but he, you know, he'd identified that that had been something that that would have been incredibly useful in buying him time. And it did. But to come back to point around, you know, look, find some reasons why we could win this football match. Purely the along come Norwichness of it, you know, and the, the fact that Klopp has just made this announcement is the only reason that, that I could find to do it. Because, you know, based on statistics or squads available or, you know, anything else, you know, Liverpool's C team should should roll over our first team relatively simply. Um, so it is going to take a freak of nature and... Let's see. I don't know. I'm. I won't even be watching it on television. I think it's that much of a a procession. I will. I will probably choose to go and watch um, Norwich City women who are playing Actonians up the nest this Sunday. Well, my my current plan is to to turn off at two nil. Um, so <laughs> I I will um I will give it uh, twenty eight minutes then yeah probably something. You, oh like that. really? You, oh okay. Yeah, I, need yeah. to, I, I need to cancel my three o'clock appointment then. I thought <laughs> I thought I'd be able to get there in time. No, I will. Uh, you know, it's one of those things again. Talking to my buddy t- today about it. Um, when when you are in such expectant mode of being annihilated, if at half time somehow it's nil nil because the bar has been hit three times, they've had an offside goal or whatever. Um, and somehow we're still in it, then yeah, all of a sudden you think, oh, maybe maybe it is one of those days. But no, I I I I, I just prefer to protect myself by going into games like this with just the the, the pure expectation of of um, of losing. And then it's not a disappointment. It's because uh, you because you just think, well, it, it, you know, we shouldn't win. It, it would be malpractice for, for, for Liverpool to allow us to win like it's, it's, these these are the, there are some upsets where you can sort of read it in the tea leaves and see you know theoretically why it should happen like I can I would I don't bet on football if I bet on football I would put is it Newport County going to Man United I would I would put money if I had to put a fiver somewhere of my own money it would be on Man United losing to a team you know two leagues different than it would be us to beat Liverpool because this just we lose to Liverpool. To your point on was it sixteen out of eighteen? This is what we do. We're brilliant at it. So let's have a score prediction to wrap up. Uh, Punt. What is it going to be? I mean, uh, you can give me one for the women's team against Actonians, uh, and you can give me one for Norwich Liverpool. Lovely. Um, I will say that it'll be four nil on both fronts, but you know in favour of Norwich um, up at the nest and yeah, Liverpool will dispatch us fairly easily. I would think um, it, cause you, I know you like very specific I do. Um, things. I think we will be three nil down within the first half an hour. And, um, and then we will put in a creditable display and perhaps, you know, just be able to come away with, Oh look, we only lost the second half one nil and didn't we play well and, you know, create a couple of decent chances, but actually that will very much be because Liverpool weren't that bothered anymore. Do you think Klopp would 
tell his team once he gets to four, please don't embarrass my mate. I mean, he might start making changes at that point, you know, mm. just to to have mercy on us. Um, bring maybe on the blood, man. blood some <laughs> just of give, well, if, give the physio a run out. <laughs> but he will. He will. Um, blood some kids, won't he? You know, kind of. There's no doubt about it. He he will. There will be some youth products on show from Liverpool, but you know, some of them have been exceptionally well nurtured, and and you know, that is a footballing city that will has be worth loads of five million in two years' time. Exactly. All right, yeah. then you, so, you're going, Matthew. All credit to you, you crazy boy. What are you? What are you going to say? The the guaranteed score is going to be. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's actually only down the road from where I live, so it's it's <laughs> it's closer for me. Uh, to get to Anfield than it used to be for me to get from Thetford to Carrow Road. So uh, it's not a big old uh, poke for me. I, uh, yeah, I first started going to watch... This is the fact you're going to be there in real life to watch us lose. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Nice. <laughs> Something to do, get me out of the house. I first started uh, having a season ticket in the early 90s when we beat Liverpool three times in, in two seasons. So I'm much more optimistic yes. because of that formative experience. Yes. So I'm going to say that we're only going to lose 4-1. <laughs> uh, I think I think we will be... I think we will be four nil down at half time, and Klopp will tell them to go easy and, and score no take, goal. <laughs> uh, give, it, give it a rest. I think I think Josh Sargent will score an absolute banger, oh, yes, a Pookie esque uh, uh, ball threaded through by Sarah uh, in front of the Norwich goal, uh, in front of the Norwich fans, and we'll go home pretty happy with uh, not being excessively humiliated. Well, that 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 um, is it an adjective? Not very good at English. Um, as you can tell, anyone who's listened to 126 of these, um, Punt said creditable. And I think uh, if, 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 if anyone is using the word creditable come half past five Sunday evening, then I'll take that. Um, I think we're going to uh, win 2-1 uh, and uh, we, will, we will continue our march to FA Cup glory. Uh, thank you for your time, Punt. It's been wonderful seeing your face. Matthew, I hope you have a fantastic time on Sunday. Um, and uh, you, listener, enjoy ITV's finest, finest coverage of football. Mind how you go.